In episode three, we're going to talk about being persistent and following up. Keys to success in sales, and dare I say, the keys to success as a project manager. Take a listen to this episode with my conversation with Thomas Ellis, my sales sensei. And it's just something that I realized to two key points that I'd love for you to expand upon is don't give up, be persistent and follow up. And that's exactly what we have to do as project managers. And it's absolutely what I had to learn to do because when they, when I wouldn't, when I used to not hear from them, when I first started out, I'm like, oh, they don't want my services. But when I actually would be persistent and follow up, they would, you know, maybe I don't hear from them, but it's something that you said to me that uh, unless they say, Crystal, stop emailing me, I will keep on contacting you. And that has been also a huge game changer. So what are your thoughts on uh, being persistent and mm-hmm. follow up, follow up, okay. follow up? So as you, as, as you know, those are probably my two biggest words, right? Mm-hmm. Pleasantly persistent and follow up. And I have this conversation with my clients all the time about n- no means not now, okay? <laughs> Doesn't mean never, it means not, not, not now. And when people go ghost on you, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more so, with this COVID and after COVID, people's lives have been turned upside down. Um, people are working from home. They have children that they're doing schoolwork. God bless them. I don't know how they function and do all this stuff. And they're trying to participate in the business world. Hard task, okay? And so I've always believed in following up. So. As you know, I help people where they follow a process mm-hmm. so people don't get stuck. And But before I do that, I need to change people's mindset, right? Because most people, I say, well, when you when you going to follow up? Well, I'm waiting for John to call me back. I'm like, oh, well, how long have you been waiting for John to call me back? Oh, about a month now. <laughs> I said, you waited a month for John to call you back. So when you think John is going to call you back, do you know? I don't know. So what are you going to do in the interim while John is deciding to call you back. I don't know what I should do. I said, what about picking up the phone and said, hey, John, it's been a month since we talked. Why don't we start there? Yeah. Right? It's been a month since we talked. I thought that we had some pretty good conversations. I thought this was moving forward to the next step. Can you share with me what's going on? Mm-hmm. Why try that? You know? Um, but you can't sit there and wait because you are driving the bus. Yeah. Right? You're the driver of the bus. So you can't let that bus sit idle. You got to keep moving the bus. The customer is not going to move the bus. Right? You have to have the sense of urgency. The customer doesn't have the sense of urgency. Right. Right? Unless their building's on fire and you have a fire hose. The urgency is on your part because you want to get the business and and service the client. Mm -hmm. But to the customer, they've been living without your services all this time. They can live further without your services. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen to them if they don't use your services. But to you, it's, I need to generate revenue. But I have this this product that can help 
solve this problem. So just having the mindset that I'm going to follow up with this person until they tell me to stop calling me. And I'm not saying we call them every day, every week, but I help people develop a strategy that includes different mediums, phone, email, maybe postal service, you know, holiday cards. Um, you know, I can tell you a story about I helped his client close a big deal. They, they were a cleaning company, close a big deal. The previous year, they didn't get the business. And I believe in making a list of your top 10 prospects, mm -hmm. right? And you need to touch them every quarter. Mm. So it, it, it was, <laughs> oh, you, you got a new nugget. But this particular company, this particular hospital um, clinics setup had eight locations. And the person sent them a Christmas card or holiday card, mm -hmm. December, okay? Mailed it out. The prospect contacted him in January and says, I'm ready to talk. We're having major problems with our cleaning company. The deal got closed in April. Wow. Right? Eight locations, about $250,000 in business. Just by doing this simple thing, mm -hmm. right? And it was a it was a card card, not an email message. Oh right? no, card card. Yeah. No, no. Because mm -hmm. see, now you see my hat, right? Uh huh. You know, you know, bus stands for right, better, unique, and desirable. So sending a Christmas card, real card, in these days and times makes you a bud because most people are doing what they're doing the, the email card, right? Right. Right. But I tell people, listen, keep it simple. I every year I get I go buy about 20 cards. Matter of fact, I'll be getting those probably in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I think I'll 20, be doing that too. <laughs> 20 cards, right? Uh -huh. And I already have a list because I have a separate list of opportunities that we'd like to get that's not ripe yet. But I wanted to let them know that I'm thinking about them. Mm -hmm. So I get these holiday cards and I send them out. So when I told my client about that and I said, you want to, let's try it. What's, what's it's going to cost you? $4 for a card and 49 cents for the stamp. $4.49. That's what, that's what it costs. You spend four forty nine that sparks their interest that that because you've been sending them stuff all year long, and now you, the last you send and now you walk away with a two hundred fifty thousand dollar deal. Uh, that's I don't even I can't even do the math on the ROI with that. All right, right, <laughs> but you got that deal because you showed pleasantly persistent skills. You followed up. You didn't know if they had a problem, but you just want to say, hey, if mm -hmm. it, basically every time you send something, you're basically saying, hey, if anything comes up that I can help you with, subliminally, we're saying that, mm -hmm. right? 
the guy opens the card and you have your business card in there too, and you get the call. Yeah, you've given, right? you've given such great ideas here, <laughs> like right? making a list. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've given them that, right? So now, but see, you can only do that with a, a, about 10. Yeah. 10 people, that, but you've done this all year long. This is not something that you've just done one time. Every quarter they get something from you. You have a nice newsletter. So they, they get that, mm -hmm. right? And for these, but for, for five, for four of the companies I'm talking, I'm, ta I'm talking about doing this too, they're gonna get a Thanksgiving card too. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna send one out Thanksgiving and then the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they'll get two cards with my name signed and with my business card. How and they're people, gonna remember you. They're how many people are doing that? How how many people are doing that? Not a lot. How many cards do you get during Christmas time? I get three, maybe. Mm -hmm. So guess if you're one of those three cards that they get. No, that that is that is some some great uh, tips, especially for those of us that are trying to find a way to be unique and stick out. And I think this is a great kind of transition into a question I have for you that probably speaks to those uh, three letters is what is your general sales philosophy? What What is kind of like, what do you kind of hold true to when it comes to sales? And, and it may very well be those three letters that so, you have on your hat. The better unique desirable is, is, is something that I believe in being better, unique and desirable, but even more important, important than that it is my sales philosophy is helping people make decisions in my favor mm. that's my philosophy helping not forcing not badgering not just helping people make a decision in my favor now that one line is a lot mm -hmm. Because in order for me to help you, I need to understand your business, where you are, what you're trying to do. If you've had this problem before, how have you tried to fix it? Better yet, are you willing to fix it? Are you willing to use an outside source to help you fix this problem? Mm -hmm. Right? Because if you have the conversation, they say, Thomas, if we can't fix it in the house, we're never gonna fix it. We're not gonna hire anybody else. In a discussion. Mm. I mean, I can't change your mind from being closed. So you <laughs> gotta be open to willing to change. If not, if you, if you say no, then I gotta pack my bag up and in the Zoom call. Well, why are we talking further? Right. So, you know, so you don't find a need to follow up with them or add them to like a. I would add them to your your newsletter definitely, mm -hmm. but I would I wouldn't be calling them. Okay, that's, not for about, that's nice to know. Not not for about you know, and and it depends, right? It, it, every situation is different, but maybe not calling for six months. Mm -hmm. And when I, but in the interim what I might do, and it depends on the customer and why they told me no. I would find content 
that shows them that they should think about this. Mm -hmm. Not that I wrote, but I would find content that says, hey, this is what the world is doing now these days. You may want to check this out. So I would try to educate them from a distance rather than up close and personal. And yeah. then I will call in six months and say, hey, John, you know what? I thought I've been thinking about you. We have spoken in six months. How things going? How's the business? How's that problem that you had when I spoke, spoke to you back then? What's going on like that? Oh, man, I'm glad you called. Or, right. well, or we're still plugging along the same way. I said, well, I'll check back with you in another six months. Mm -hmm. right. No, that, that's really, really good. Um, a good reminder of that pleasantly persistent uh, philosophy. And so, so here's the, the other thing too. People make acquiring new business very difficult. Mm. Oh, it's hard to get new customers. Uh, well, it's hard, you know, it's hard for fishermen to go fishing in a pond that has no fish in it either, right? <laughs> he ain't gonna bring up no fish. He's fishing in the wrong spot. Mm. Go down the road where the place are plentiful, drop your line in there before you can say, ouch, you put a fish, right? So you may be fishing in the wrong pond. You may be talking to the wrong people. Right. You may be talking. So that goes back to another thing I try to get people to fully understand is who's your ideal client or yeah. clients, right? What three verticals does your product work well in, mm -hmm. right? So that would be like me being a sales coach, going to talk to nuclear physicists, <laughs> right? right? I mean, right? What sense does that make? And I'm going to be calling them, and I got to listen. Oh, look at this world. I'm going to help them sell their nuclear physics projects, right? Right. Exactly. Not going to happen, right? Yeah. But I could spend a lot of time doing it, right? And not yeah. get zero result. Well, we got to figure out where we play well at, mm -hmm. right? What industries... And I always like to do it in threes. What three industries have a need for our products and services that I can make some inroads? Mm -hmm. The understanding of this, appreciative of this, well, I know every year they need to sell more. Mm -hmm. See, I know every year, every company in the world, and they're starting to do this right now, is budgeting for next year. Mm. Every company. Yeah. They're budgeting for next. When I was in corporate America, we started our budget season, right? October 1, we started thinking about what's our numbers going to be? Do I need more, more headcount? Do I need this? So they're in all these meetings, mm -hmm. okay? From now until the end of the year, okay? And in those conversations, it is, what are we going to do in sales next month, next year? What's our revenue number? Do we have the right players to get that number? Do we need to hire some people? Do we need to break out and segmentize whatever? Mm -hmm. They have those conversations now. Hey, do we need to change our compensation plan? 
all those conversations are happening right now. And if you can get in on those early conversations, right? Just like I just said with a client of mine who I just finished helping him do a 90-day onboarding program for his new hire, okay? He's going to need to hire some more folks. And in January, we're going to start executive coaching with him. He already, he's already approved. They're going to do that. Because people are planning for next year. Now, they're not spending any money right now. Right. Okay? Because they're in budget season. So they're going to be talking about all these things now. Wouldn't you want to be part of that conversation if you could be part of that conversation to say, hey, you know what? If you're thinking about doing this, hey, hello. Um, maybe I could, you know, and if you get in now, they'll write you into the budget. How sweet is that? That is that is my dream. And my biggest challenge, Thomas, is if I don't have these conversations right now, and this is a great reminder, January through March, it's it's dry. Like they come back from the new year. There's like, I can't think about anything. And I've also missed the boat of, of being in the budget and already convincing them like, let's start the year off, you know, with the bang. And, you know, if I try to have those conversations in January, they're not good. If I can get a sales that fast, nothing's right. going to happen until April or May. Your so conversation would be pretty easy to say, hey, what are your goals for the next year? Yeah. How are you going to get there? What programs are you going to implement to help you get there? Hey, how can I help? In this episode, we learned about Thomas's three letters, B-U-D, which means be a bud, better, unique, and desirable. What are you doing to be a bud for your clients and stakeholders? We also learned his sales philosophy. It's about helping people make decisions in your favor. I want to point out to three key questions that I pulled away from this conversation. Number one, are you talking to the right people? Number two, who's your ideal person you want to talk to? And number three, what are the three industries where you can make the biggest impact with what you provide? This can be easily translated into your project management space. Are we talking to the right people? Who's the ideal stakeholder who will support me in this project? And maybe think about who are the top three stakeholders or top three departments I need to get on my side so I can make inroads in this project. And remember, every organization has some type of cycle, whether it's budgeting cycle, hiring cycle. That's something to be clued into when it comes to sales. And that's also something to be clued into when it comes to moving your project along. If people are immersed into certain cycle times, whether it's their accounting, budget season, that is something for you to be thinking about as you try to bring people into key meetings and key conversations. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the final part of my conversation with Thomas. Thanks so much for listening.